And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hope you're having a good day. I am driving right now. I am actually going to pick up a friend at the airport. Um, he flew in from Chicago and got a rental car. And uh, literally, he's been sitting at the rental car place for like uh, like an hour, almost an hour and a half at this point. And, um, and I'm like, well, dude, I'm not going to let you sit there any longer. So... I'm, I'm going to pick him up, and I figured, hey, what uh, what better to do than to spend some time talking with you, and um, wanted to share some stuff about overcoming fear and helping your team overcome fear, and and even yourself as well. Kind of show you a little hack that um, that I've used for years. Um, I didn't think of this, but I recently had a new connection to kind of illustrate this. And um, wanted to share this with you so that you could overcome your own fear, <clears throat> and then help your team overcome fear, of course, uh, because the the major thing that's stopping your team from taking action is fear, and the major thing that could stop you from taking action is fear. And um, I mean, I think we've all heard before that your success lies outside of your comfort zone, right? So you'll never hit your goals inside of your own comfort zone, um, and you could be at a spot where you're really comfortable being outside of your comfort zone, or you could be in a spot. Oh my gosh. There's police. Um, you could be at a spot where you are not used to getting outside your comfort zone. And, um, you know that better than I do. Of course, if you have, if you're not used to getting outside your comfort zone, you got to get used to it. And, you know, I'm not trying to say this to sound cocky in any sense, but I've, I've spent so many years forcing myself out of my comfort zone that I actually feel more uncomfortable, like being comfortable. I know it sounds weird, but if I'm not like stretching myself all the time, I feel like I'm stagnant. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it forces progress for sure. Um, so here's kind of the, 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 the hack. As you probably know, well, if you've been listening uh, to the show for the past few weeks, as you probably know, I've been picking back up skating um, so I grew up skateboarding competitively, and um, I was probably in the top t- maybe 10 to 20% in Chicago. Like 20% would be conservative, top 10% might be a little optimistic. I was kind of somewhere in that range. I was definitely in the top 20%. I don't know if I was qu- quite in the top 10% in the Chicagoland area. 
And that was, I skated from when I was like probably 12 or so up through 17 or 18. So like five or six years of, you know, skating every day. And, um, and then I really stopped and kind of let, uh, you know, I got involved in sales and the car business and really let business kind of take over my life. And then I got involved in network marketing at 20. And uh, then that just can fully consume my life. And I really, really slowed down, probably started skating once a month. And then it quickly turned into once a year. And um, anyway, I've been uh, picking skating back up. So the skate, the skate culture here in, in California is insane. I mean, this is really where it started. And while I would have been like top 10 to 20% in Chicagoland, I'm probably, even at my best, like back in the day, I would be in the probably the bottom half, <laughs> uh, not including like total beginners, of course, like that's obviously there's always a lot of people starting off, but, uh, if you kind of exclude them, like the first year, year or two of skating is really, you know, most of the time people just kind of suck because it's, it's a lot of finesse that you have to really learn and stuff. So kind of excluding them, I'm in the bottom half <laughs> or I would have been in the bottom half had I been at my level that I used to be at. So my current level, if we're excluding like the first, let's say everyone in the first two years, if I exclude all of them, I'm probably in the bottom 20% now. Um, this, the, the level of skill is so high here. And uh, honestly, I think the advent, the advent of tutorials and YouTube and stuff like that just makes, you can just get so good at everything. But like skating, for instance, you know, there was literally one trick tip video that existed on VHS when I was skating, you know, Tony Hawk and Eric Costin made this trick tip video. It was the only trick tip video that existed. Everything else was you learned on your own by watching other skaters at the skate park. And if you were the best one at the skate park, which didn't happen all, I mean, I, I just told you the stats. Like, I mean, it, I was frequently second best um, skater at the skate parks. And so there's maybe, maybe I had one person to watch and learn from. And so progress is definitely, you know, you're kind of hampered. Um, in that way and so today like literally I can go on YouTube and just type in literally any trick I want to learn there's like 10 tutorials and it's like wow this is amazing so it's called the culture the popularity has increased um, and then and then of course online tutorials is just amazing so that kind of leads me to where I'm at now which is like I'm getting back into it I'm 32 I'm not 18 not 16 um, literally twice my age uh, my my body has not moved in this way and uh, 15 years, at least with any sort of consistency. Some, like some of these muscles are getting reawakened and stuff. Um, and thankfully the one advantage I have is I, I did this when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So like it's very natural for me in a lot of ways. I'm plugging a stupid radar detector. It's very natural for me in a lot of ways to get back into the motion. So like my fluidity is, is still there. So that's good. Like I, I know I look smooth on the board, but I can't do a lot of the stuff I used to be able to do. Whereas like some people like that didn't spend, like if they started at 32, you know, they, they didn't grow into that fluidity. And so that's the one like redeeming quality, <laughs> but it's very humbling being 32 and getting back out there and, um, really going being at the park and you're watching people just do amazing stuff. Like, I mean, like I said, even at, even at my best, I'd be in the bottom, the bottom half. Um, and so these people are incredible and most of them are much younger than me. You know, I mean, some of these are little, they're literally kids, you know, they're 12, 13, 14, 15 years old and they're crushing it, like doing amazing stuff better than I have ever been. 
and it's intimidating in a lot of ways. And you're like, you know, I mean, if I saw them on the street, it's like, what's well, a 15-year-old kid? You know, of course I'm not scared of you. <laughs> but you're at a skate park, you're at a bowl, you know, flying out of a ramp and stuff. And, you know, like, I'm like, um, I'm trying not to get in their way. I'm like, and it's intimidating to kind of like drop in the session and stuff and, you know, kind of show off basically how, how much you suck compared to their extreme skill. And um, the other day, like three days ago, yeah, I'm kind of at the, I'm at the spot where I'm not learning really anything new. I'm just picking up stuff that I used to know, um, and I'm 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 definitely at the spot where like, you know, I it, I'm just I'm yeah I'm relearning stuff right, and so like my my mind knows what to do, but my body's still catching up, and I'm starting to get to some of the tricks that like have pain associated with them if you fail, so like you know for instance like grinding down rails again right so you know you've you fall on that stuff and it doesn't feel that great um you know doing bigger ramps again and again you fall on that stuff and it doesn't feel that good so you know the other day i was relearning it's called how to roll in it's very basic stuff um and so like dropping in is when you drop into a big half pipe or any size half pipe um rolling in is when you like literally roll up to the half pipe and like just like roll into it so you don't stop you just just fly into the ramp into the half pipe and I, I used to always be scared of this kind of stuff and so the one like as far as rolling in and so I was like well I, I need to basically like the one advantage I've got now at 32 that I didn't have back then is I know how my mind works and I know how to commit to stuff and so I'm like I'm just going to com- I'm, I'm going to do my best to commit to everything I'm not going to psych myself out and so I just started doing it just like bang I just went for a first try just committed and went and I did it and it was kind of sketchy it was scary but I did it and um and then I did it a few more times and then I started getting overconfident and I basically completely ate crap I fell into the into the ramp like you know four feet down into the, into the concrete and uh, that hurt but the reason I really worked up that courage is because there was um some guys that were you know that were there skating with me and I'm telling all this is for a reason by the way um, and like, as I'm skating the bowl before I was, before I rolled in, I'm skating the bowl, I'm just doing drop in and doing, you know, tricks and stuff. And this guy, he's like really normal looking guy and kind of looks like a, you know, like a, what I view as a Texan, you know, like a Texas good old boy and, um, got a beard and a hat and, you know, kind of not super in shape. And, um, and, uh, he's like, Hey bro, is that a, um, is it an alien workshop? He's talking about my board. And, like, skaters don't talk about each other's boards. You don't talk about each other's gear or nothing like that. That's not a conversation you have. And so, like, I'm like, you know, whatever, just a nice guy. I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, he's like, I didn't think they made this anymore. I'm like, well, honestly, neither did I. My friend bought it for me, um, you know, just to be nice. And I don't even know where he got it, dude. Like, I honestly have no idea where he got this thing. He's like, wow, that's super cool. And so I kind of started this conversation. So we're, like, kind of talking. And then, and after a while, this dude gets in the bowl, man. He's shredding it, like, killing it, like, amazing skater like holy crap I didn't expect this out of this guy at all and um this other guy you know I started talking to this other guy and this the other guy tells me that the first guy was a used to a pro surfer I'm like oh okay well this guy's wow okay and that's amazing and so this other guy I'm kind of hanging out with and we're talking for a while and and he kind of is you know I kind of tell him like you know how long I used to or how long I had been skating I'm trying to get back into it and and uh, he's a pretty cool dude, younger than I am. And 
And so we kind of have this little like camaraderie with me and this guy and then the, 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 the guy who I thought was a Texan. And then there's this other kid that like shows up. I call him a kid. He's probably 25. He shows up. And we're kind of have this little like, you know, band of four brothers. And the park is packed, right? It's not there's four people there. There's tons of people here. But like these little pack of four is kind of like we're letting each other do our sessions and cheering for each other when we land a trick. And, you know, again, I'm the worst one now, right? So like everything that I'm trying, they, they can do it with their eyes closed. But I'm like needing to relearn this stuff. And so they're like cheering for me when I'm like pulling a trick off that... I've been working on, but like, you know, it's easy for them and I'm cheering for them and, you know, smashing your board on the ground. And like, that's kind of how you cheer. Right. And, um, and then, and then I worked up the courage to do the roll in that I just told you about that I ended up landing. And I did the roll in because I had a little community, right. And I had this little community and this guy was cheering me on and, and, you know, tell me I got it. And, uh, and, and I did it. Now and then I ended up falling, right? But I ended up going for it. I committed. I did it. And then I went back today, and this was like two days later, and I, I was by myself this time. But I went in, and, and I did it first try, and then I did like three, four, five more times and just really got comfortable with it, just get, really get, get the feel of that, that rolling again. And I tell you all of that to say that community is what helps people overcome their fears. Now, truthfully... I was the only one that could have committed to that roll-in. The guy I was talking to, his name is Gavin. Gavin couldn't have committed for me. I needed to commit. I had to commit to do it. But his friendship, his cheering, his community gave me the courage to, to go for it. And same thing with you and your business and your downline and their business is they're the only ones that can commit. It's ultimately up to them right? They have to do the committing. They've got to come out of their comfort zone. It's on them. But you can create a community with them to give them a place where they feel comfortable. See, one of the things that people don't, one of the things that people do is they protect their ego. So for instance, um, this can also be called status right now. And I've learned part of this from Russell Brunson. People always protect their status. So I talked about the intimidation factor of me being at the skate park with all these people flying around. And in a funky way, I'm almost like protecting my ego and my status by trying to stay out of their way and not drop into the session. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, you get it, right? I'm like trying to stay out of their way, but I'm also not trying to like look stupid in front of them, even though these are like 15 year old freaking kids and some of some of them are older. Um, but I'm like, I'm protecting like my status, my ego. And so a lot of times people won't join a business or they won't do stuff in business because they're protecting this version of their ego or their status that they don't want to have harmed. And if they attempt and they fail and they look stupid, well, now they feel like their status is being lowered. So ultimately people don't want their status lowered, right? That's really why people want nice cars. Like I'll be on, here's another example. Like I'm driving an M5 right now as I'm going to pick up the, uh, go to the airport. It's a BMW M5. And, and honestly, honestly, one of the reasons I wanted this car, and I'm just being totally open with you. I'm trying not to be, trying not to hide myself is like, I feel that it increases my status a little bit. I feel kind of cool driving it, you know, like I, you know, it just is what it is, you know? And so like for, for instance, like I don't actually like this car that much. Like now that I've had it, I don't really like it that much. It's not really my style. It's too big. 
it's too comfortable. And it sounds stupid, but I like something that's more rigid. It's too comfortable. It's too soft for me. It's not really my style. And as I'm looking at new cars to like swap this one out for, I'm like, I honestly am looking at cars and I'm like, I think I'd have more fun, honestly. I'd have more fun in like a like the new Civic Type R, the new Civic Si, or like a WRX STI, or a Mitsubishi Evo. Like these are cheap freaking cars compared to the M5. But I'm like, I think I would have more fun in those cars. But you know what? You know what hits my mind a lot is, yeah. But how 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 freaking cool do I look in that M5 compared to the STI or the Civic? That sounds really horrible, right? Like really horrible and kind of egotistical and kind of like douchey. It, it is. I'm just telling you, like, that's just I'm trying to identify what's going on in my head because if I can identify what's going on in my head, I know what's going on in someone else's head, most likely. But the reality is I don't really like this car that much. You know, I don't really like driving it that much. I'm. It's okay, right? And, and now don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for it. I'd rather be driving this than like, you know, a freaking Corolla. So don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not busting on a situation. I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm filled with gratitude. I'm just trying to give you an insight into this thing called status. We're always trying to improve it. And so as I'm looking for new cars, I'm like, that's going through my head. And I'm. I, I literally have a little column in my head that says, you know, does this car improve my status or decrease it? And maybe someday I'll be mature enough to fully remove the ego out of my male brain. But as of right now, it's not fully removed, and hopefully someday it can be. Now, I think mine is lower than most, and I do a pretty good job about not, like, doing stupid stuff. Um, like, I barely tell anyone. Like, no, no one knows really that we have, like, cool stuff because um, I don't tell anyone because I feel like, you know, you're listening to us, because, not because I drive an M5, although that might validate some of the things that I say. But you're listening to us because you want to improve your business. So if I can teach you about how to improve your business, like I'm going to be validated that way. So like that's why you don't see us flashing bullcrap, you know, like my car is my house is where I live, blah, blah, blah. Um, And because I just think it's shit. I just think it's stupid. I think it's crappy marketing. Um, Anyway, I don't want to get up on a tangent. The point is let's, let's return back to the status thing. So we need to make sure that when we when we have our team take action that their status is protected so you want to give them an environment where it's okay to fail my first upline did really good at this and he basically told them that hey it's not a matter of if you if you recruit someone that is a success or not it's just a matter if you take action if you get he called it a success and what he phrased that is, if you get a success, meaning if you get an answer. So if I say, hey, hey, John, are you looking to make extra money right now? John's going to say yes or no, right? If literally John says yes or no, I consider that a success because I did what I can control, which is ask him the question. But I can't control the yes or no, can I? No. But I can control if I ask it. So if I did what I could control, which is ask the question, that's a success. That's what my upline taught, my old one. And I think that's brilliant because my status, my ego, is not hurt when I get a no. So he created an environment where the status of the people was protected even when they weren't, when they were quote unquote failing. But they would, he would get them to continue to take action even in the midst of quote unquote failure. Does it make sense? So anyway, um, this has been so... <laughs> 
I don't know about... I don't know if you're getting good stuff out of this episode, but I'm getting good stuff out of this episode. This is freaking good stuff. Um, I'm going to, like, write this stuff down when I can. Uh, Woo! All right, well, I think that's enough for today because I feel like I'm probably... I think I'm out of good stuff um, and I'm behind a semi and I'm going to blow past this little moron in a a moment. Um, So hopefully you found value in this episode. A couple things as we are closing. Uh, The first one is if you are finding value in this podcast please leave a review and a rating down below. Uh, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, get the message out there. Um, as I've explained before, you're not creating competition for yourself by getting this message out there. You know, at Rebels, at MLM Rebels, we are here to improve the reputation and the standing in the public's mind about network marketing by treating this business like an actual company, Right? And if we can do that, if we can improve the perception in the public's mind of network marketing, we all win because every prospect will take this more legitimately and we'll all get more people in our team. So share this message with, with someone, your upline, your downline, your crossline, your prospect, whatever. Secondly is, um, I mentioned the other day and I'm really, really excited about this. I'm not going to give you any details right now because, uh, this is not, not, that's not the purpose of this, but I've been working on, uh, the Black Friday promotion that I mentioned in the last episode. And uh, as you might know, we only do one promotion per year. As of right now, uh, we, at least in the past three years, we've only done one a year. It's only been on Black Friday. It's the only promo we've done, we do. It's the only discount we ever give is Black Friday. So if anyone's ever looking for a discount or anything like that, we don't do discounts um, uh, except for Black Friday. At least that's what we've done. And so the last discount we gave was last Black Friday, and um, and we're going to be doing some pretty amazing stuff this Black Friday. So uh, I'm not going to give you any details on that right now because uh, I just want to wait till we get a little bit closer here, and um, and I'm still preparing some of the stuff. But if you want to get on the wait list, um, uh, it's BlackFridayMLM.com. So I definitely recommend it. There's limits to everything that we are going to be providing um, options for. But there's something for everyone. So whether you are on the, you're literally on our network marketing team, like in our downline, whether you are uh, listening to this for your own network marketing team, which I, the most of you are, right? So you're, you've got your own team. You're not in our downline. You're in another company completely. Um, and that's you, right? You're, you're looking to uh, build the way we build, like 100% online, have people come to you, right? Fully scalable, all that. So if you're looking to do that for your own company, um, we got stuff for you, whether you're already a member of uh, one of our programs, Rebels Universal, Rebels 2.0, uh, any of that stuff, we have programs for you. Um, so there's there's going to be something for everyone, which I'm really pumped about. Um, I'm just so, so excited and privileged to be in business for multiple years uh, because our stuff just gets better and better and um, we're able to be more and more aggressive in our in our pricing and the value that we add, um, which makes me really happy. So, so yeah, if you want to be on that wait list, um, I definitely suggest that it's blackfridaymlm.com. You can join the wait list and, uh, and then we'll of course notify you when everything opens up and, um, it's gonna be pretty sick. So, uh, so yeah, well guys, I hope you have an amazing day. Leave that review, join the wait list and, uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much.